This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Glein. And hey, I'm Nick Ashburn. And Nick, you don't usually dance to this music. I'm impressed. I mean, that's what we hear absolutely every week, at least twice, <laughs> twice on the show. So, well, and our listeners are hearing it uh, even more often. Exactly. <laughs> that is good. Uh, well, we are here, and we are about to have a conversation with uh, Gayla Jennings O'Burn. We are proud of our alumna uh, from the from the Wharton School, and delighted to have Gayla with us in the studio. She's the founder and CEO of Intent Manifesto. She's had a fascinating career, uh, you know, on Wall Street, in nonprofits, in corporate social impact and uh, corporate social responsibility. Um, and now she's launching Intent Manifesto with a goal of supporting, cultivating, investing in women of color who are founding businesses. So, Gayla, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Good morning, guys. And, and Catherine, I want to remind our listeners because, you know, Gayla's pretty dynamic and, you know, the topic's so contemporary. I mean, it's such an important topic today that they can call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. Thanks, Nick. And yes, we'd be delighted to have your questions. We're not the only ones who get to question and, and talk with, with Gayla. That's yeah, right. I would love to hear from people. That is That is great. So, Gayla, let's start with... You know, why this focus? Why a particular focus on, on women of color and women of color who are entrepreneurs and founding new businesses? Sure. It just makes really good business sense. Um, I'm a bit of a numbers wonk, as you probably know, and the numbers and the math just make a lot of sense when you look at the number of women of color that are launching startups that are growing businesses, that are creating jobs, and stabilizing neighborhoods and families. Um, I won't bore you with all the statistics, but I'll leave you with um, one or two. Yeah, throw some at us. Yeah, um, and and please look um, on our website because we have more data if people are interested. But um, about 800 companies a day are started by women of color. And they are the fastest growing entrepreneurial population in the United States, so they're really driving the economy. Since the 2008 recession, unfortunately, men-led companies have lost over a million-plus jobs. Women, on the other hand, in particular women of color, have created jobs, so they're adding to the economy. And the last factoid I'll give you is that last year, this population generated over $360 billion in revenue, $360 billion. However, Wall Street, Main Street, My Street didn't help them mm -hmm. with the capital they needed to grow those companies. So if you sit back and you think, wow, what if we had all got involved and supported them? That $360 billion could have been over a trillion. Yeah. And the jobs they would have created would have been over about $3.5 million. So it, it's, um, you know, compelling business opportunity, compelling uh, social impact. Um, this, you know, this, this has either been a, a neglected opportunity for decades uh, and or a tough nut to crack about how to, how to uh, you know, bring 
more support and uh, financial and other in, you know, intellectual uh, to women of color founding new businesses. I think it'd be great to have uh, you to tell our listeners more about your own personal background, about what you bring to this uh, equation, because you have quite a skill set that you are drawing on, and and you know, at this point in your life, saying, "Okay, I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm ready. I've you know, I have I have labored in the trenches. I have I've got the skill set. I know how to, you know, bring my own expertise to this purpose." Sure. And and listen, I won't pretend to think that I've got the silver bullet. I'm no, one, no one does. You know, we're, we're pretty clear that there aren't, you know. <laughs> and maybe we should use another metaphor than bullets. Well, we should do that, but, yes, there, but, but there are no um, simple solutions. There, <laughs> there are not. Um, but I feel really in tune with this population because, quite frankly, it's my population. And when I started this journey, gosh, probably two years ago, um, and another reiteration, which we were calling the Harriet Fund. And we thought, great, we're going to raise capital. We're going to get it into the hands of the women, let them go and, you know, build their companies. And we realized, you know what, it is a tough nut to crack. And we have been talking about it for a long time. Um, But I knew that it was something we had to do. And what really gave me that confidence to do it was when I looked at people like my mother. So you asked me about my background. My background actually starts with my mother, Thelma Bataille, who was in many respects like the hidden figures that you saw on the big screen. She, in her high school, her senior year of high school, right, when she should have been going to her prom and was, you know, going to be valedictorian, she was asked to help integrate the schools in the South. And so she spent most of her time that year in honors classes, honors honors science and math classes. There weren't any other women in those classes. There weren't any other people of color in the class, so it was her and white male students. And that progressed through college, and she came out of college and went and worked at McDonnell Douglas on, I think, the F-15 and the DC-10. Airplanes. Airplanes. Airplanes, (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to sound really smart there, but (laughs) failed miserably. And then she went out to Silicon Valley. And she and a group of her friends who were around the kitchen table that I would see were the role models that I saw in Silicon Valley were trailblazer women of color. Unfortunately, my background was just that, seeing these women. And so in my mind, women were always in technology, were always in science and math. And so I came to so you had a you had a unique view compared to probably the rest of the country of seeing these empowered women kicking ass. I did. <laughs> I, I saw them, and then because we were in that you know nice middle class background and went to the private schools, you know, I was also you know one of one, you know one in my classes, and so I had a kind of. Um, childhood that was in sort of two worlds, if you will, that was in a community of color, but then also was in this privileged upper middle class, uh, for most part, Caucasian community as well. But I never saw a sense that women couldn't be empowered and could be running companies and having senior positions at firms. I came to Wharton, loved, and I'm so happy to be back here. I feel like a, a reunion of sorts. And then went to Wall Street. And while on Wall Street, I saw capital being diver- being deployed with really good companies. And then on the other side, on the foundation side, which I did next, I saw there was less expectation for the dollars that were being distributed in the community, right? So on the one hand, on the investment side, if a company went bankrupt, right, 
the clients, the investors were calling, right? Hey, saw something on CNBC, saw something on the Wall Street Journal. What the heck's going on? The same newspaper, they flip over to the next section, and it says 15 schools failing or Johnny can't read, and no one's calling. Mm. No, one, no one's angry about it. And so when I thought about that crossroad and women of color, I thought, you know what? Now's the time. Mm-hmm. And we have to have the same expectations for how we invest in small businesses and startups. And it has to be with the same rigor that we have on the investment side. And so that really was my calling to say, you know what? I know what it means to be a hidden figure. I know what it means to walk in the capital markets. And I also understand the impact side of things. And so I can do this and I can get really cool people to help me do this. (laughs) Very, very cool. (laughs) That's the key thing. Get cool people to help. Tell me more. So my understanding is that you know, traditional venture capital and private equity, I mean, it lives in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area, New York City, and then you've got some in Boston and maybe a couple other. But those are really those two areas are the big spiky hubs. Yeah. It's already problematic that it's not going to women of color, other types of minorities. Um, it's very white male dominated still. Talk about your experience of like how you think about empowering women of color, entrepreneurs, in those hubs, outside of those hubs, and what that, how that sort of dovetails with your mission. Sure. Um, so first is we just are going to blow up the, the system in the sense that we are not going to start in the same way that all the other venture capital firms have, right? So they've been in, at this for 30-plus years, right? So to think that we're just going to come in 30 years later and do the same thing and get different results um, is probably not wise. So we, what we've really done, and part of why I've pivoted from my former um, initiative to what is now Intent Manifesto, is that we realize, you know what, we have to call upon our own strengths and call upon our own networks. And I have this belief that we have all the tools we need to be able to support women entrepreneurs. And so first thing we said is, let's not start with a fund. Let's start by telling good stories and helping people understand who these women are and the companies that they are building. So the Intent Manifesto, and uh, I encourage anyone to go to our website, intentmanifesto.com, We have a manifesto on there that says, I intend, I intend to change the world. I intend to think more about how my purchases and my investment can be for social change. And so we're asking people, one, join us. Just sign up and say, you know what? Yeah, I support you. I stand with you. And then we tell really good stories about these women because it's not that people are waking up each day and saying, I want to exclude half the population, right? Or I don't want 360 billion, you know, what? I don't need that. Um, But what they don't know is where these women are, what their needs are, and how to get out of their own comfort zone to be a part of the solution. So we're we're talking with Gayla Jennings O'Byrne. She's the founder and CEO of Intent Manifesto. So fascinating to hear, you know, as your journey and figuring out exactly how you're going to do this. You've 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 pivoted a little bit in uh, in and uh, you know that's always that's always the wise you know the wise strategy. You are learning, you know, and you are learning uh, and and exploring the marketplace to figure out how best to uh, support women of color. 
uh, particularly in founding new businesses. So part of this is storytelling, changing the narrative, opening people's eyes to their important uh, and valuable uh, business opportunities here. Um, what, what else, how are you else are you seeing what Intent Manifesto is, is doing or is going to be doing? Yeah, so the other part of it um, is a education and investment platform. And so when I talked about the fact that we have all the tools that we need, part of it is letting people know that they too can be a part of this, right? So it's not just venture capitalists. So Nick, to your point, um, the solution doesn't sit just in Silicon Valley, New York, or Boston. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Boston because our anchor million dollar investor who came in early on and said, I understand what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. I'm not a woman of color, um, but I want to be a part of it. And this is part of my success, right? Is if the rest of the, you know, if the other 50% of the population is contributing to economy. And they're in Boston. Um, but to your point, the things that we're doing are for people that are not in those sort of epicenters of, of capital, if you will. And it's teaching them that they can invest in support. They can be angel investors. They can invest even by how they shop. Okay, so what can I do? I'm, you know, like I'm, a, I'm on board. You got me inspired. Yes, I have homework for both of you. Yeah, that's good. All right, so you know, <laughs> so I, here's I, yeah. homework. We love. We also love giving our listeners homework. Yes, yes, homework for everyone. So the next time you need to purchase something, personally, or for your company, right? So if you guys need to hire a new lawyer, a new accountant. Um, you've got that conference and you need to buy some swag, some keychains, some t-shirts. Go and hire a woman of color small business. How am I going to find her? Well, you can always go to Intent Manifesto and we will help you. And when we get our directory up and we connect to all the other directories of businesses, you'll have a very quick way to find them. But I would also say, you know what? Let it be a conversation. Yeah. Ask a colleague. Right. I think that I think that's even probably more beautiful start than even actually putting dollars into them is right. having you, a combo about, hey, do you know any where can I find one? You know, Catherine, that reminds us as we were thinking about survey design three or four years ago now, one of um, our advisors was like, just put that question in there. It was actually around yeah. is one of the general partners of a private equity fund a woman? Right. And we were like, that's not a great question from a methodological perspective, but just asking the question. It's not a bad Construct, right. yes. as you call right. it, right. but it's the, how the question was worded. We right. were like, eh. but it was like when people take the survey, they're going to be like, no, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, or right. why not? So it really does make you think about it when you are asked that question. Yeah. yeah, and I and I, I say, you know, it doesn't have to be so formal and clinical, right? It could just be like. In the same way that you would probably say to some, you know, someone this, you know, weekend, hey, do you know anyone that, you know, is really good at social media, right? We got this website. Right. We want to kind of get it going. You know anyone in social media, right? It's like those informal conversations. Yeah. Those those are almost better than the 20, you know, questionnaire, 20 page oh, sure. questionnaire of like, you know. Absolutely. It was just, I was sort of just reminded of that conversation yeah. we had. And it is, it's really powerful. I mean, we all, we all, there's actually a commercial right now, a big campaign, um, I think for, I don't think it's Angie's List, but it's something mm. sort of like where it's like, hey, do you know someone that can do X, Y, and Z, a plumber who does this, this, and this? And then the whole point of the commercial is don't you know, like go to the website to do that versus asking your friends to also vet them and do all these yeah. things. But yeah, I mean, we ask those questions all the times of our peers and our friends to get recommendations. We could be intentional about 
bringing in, you know, hey, and also is there, do you know someone that's a woman of color running this business? Yeah. Yeah. Right. right so as we uh, as we talk with Gail, uh, Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, founder and CEO of Intent Manifesto, you may be listening and thinking, well, I want some business advice. I want somebody to help me tell my story. You know, where do I find an investor? So feel free to join us. We're at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Uh, Gayla, talk with us about the investment. Moving from storytelling, how is the investment piece of this going to work? What kinds of investor uh, investments are you expecting to make? Who are your investors who are uh, putting up the capital to uh, to propel this this uh, you know th- these investments? Yeah. Um, so I won't give any names because we're still in the fundraising mode. But we've got, like I said, a great um, anchor investor in Boston. We have actually a really nice group of women um, that spanned all um, profiles that you could imagine. And they've been really great. They have just said, we get it. We want to be a part of it. And then we've got corporates that understand that the next Google, Uber, Facebook, Airbnb um, is probably sitting in this community of of women, and so they want to be involved in uplifting and growing those companies. Um, so it's 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 a time that that is here, and the investors are here, and they run the gamut. And I would say the thing that's going to be different in how we look at investments is that instead of trying to build a pipeline where companies are coming to us. We're being very intentional about what we want to invest in, in terms of what we want to see in the world. Mm. So tell us about what, what, you know, what does that look like? What are you hoping to see in the world? And therefore, what are you hoping to invest? Yeah. So I want to see more women of color in the crypto cybersecurity blockchain space. Mm. So we're being very intentional about putting that out there and telling women, this is what we're looking for. And also helping them connect with other women that want to do this as well. And so it's not like, hey, I would love to, but where does where do I begin building my ecosystem? So it's also making those connections so that we're building those types of companies. Um, I feel very strongly that while I love, you know, our college dropout guys with a hoodie um, creating, you know, unicorns, um, I want a woman's voice in certain products, right? Like I'm a middle-aged woman. I want to see other women building healthcare and you know, medical products for my body. I want a woman's voice in that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not to say that, you know, a young kid with a hoodie and, you know, college dropout can't, you know, develop something that would be great for me. But um, I want a woman's voice in that. Um, Likewise, in um, machine-based learning, AI, all of these things, right? I want a woman's voice in there. So we're very intentional. And with that intentionality, we're also about tough love. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you don't just get a check. You get a check plus a huge bear hug and our network. Yeah, fascinating. And it, it, yeah, it's uh, because I think you know there's so many interesting elements there. You know, one is this is this is not uh, you know that vision chal- instantly challenges stereotypes of what kinds of business women are create women are creating and what kind of businesses you know even particularly women of color may be uh, creating. And you know, I see the link to your to your to your mom and to your you know your own <laughs> finance background, your mom's background in in science and aerospace. And Gayla, I wanted to ask about something you tweeted maybe last week, earlier this week. I can't remember. It was a photo and about it and an article that had 
many women of color founders of companies. Do you remember tweeting about that? Um, yes. And it, Don't I was, ask me to quote any specific no, woman in there. Okay. Well, no, maybe not <laughs> the specific women, but I was really struck by the picture. I mean, the, the, the title and the picture, because it's not something you see, not only in investments and like understanding that there are women of color founders out there, but a photo of women of color founders. Yeah. And it was it was really striking. And so tell us about a story um, that you do know, whether from that article or otherwise, like of a woman of color founder that are, you know, are listeners going back to those those areas you you immediately think oh wow that's a that's not something i was thinking about so tell us another example of us of a woman of woman of color entrepreneur that you know of yeah um and and i'll answer it but i want to first say thank you so much for sharing that because images are so powerful and jp morgan chase was amazing when i went to them with this notion of hey we want to do a fund and they were great in saying you know you should actually think about the storytelling of it as well. And I said, yeah, I said, because that's part of the, that, that's half the conversation whenever I go in to meet with a potential investor. And so they really got this notion that pictures are powerful, storytelling is powerful. And so that's why we're really focused on that. So thank you for, for um, uh, highlighting that. I see entrepreneurs every day <laughs> and, and it, it's what gives me joy. It's what get, gets me up each morning, keeps me doing this work, even on the crazy days and, and the lonely and, and um, hard days. And the women I see, for instance, there's one woman who is creating a organic commodity trading platform. Hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. She's a beautiful woman. And so here's this platform, this product, this service, this data that's being built out by this woman. And she happens to be of color. But what she's doing what she's solving for the markets is amazing, right? But it just happens to be that she has to happens to be of color. Another woman, high energy, really smart, she totally gets the shopping experience that people have on the internet and is making it such that images are going to be shoppable. And she's working with wireless companies, <laughs> retailers, mm -hmm. She just, again, happens to be a woman of color. So all the things that I'm seeing um, are not simply products made by, say, black or Latina women right. and their products for black and Latina women. No, these are products that are solving big consumer issues um, that all of us have. But could be overlooked from an investment perspective because of who the founder is. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a great study that I think came out of Sweden, maybe? And it talked about the um, comments that VC people had um, coming out of meetings when they met with men entrepreneurs yes, yes. versus women, right? Yeah. You take that and you then put on other layers like race, gender, right, and people's comfort level. And absolutely, people then start to have blind spots. But yeah, hey, there's, there's people's a... blind spot is our sweet spot. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that's uh, right from an investor perspective. Hey, if it's overlooked and I can move in, you know, this is indeed the the sweet spot. Yeah, there is. There's been research, um, and I'm blanking on who the researcher is as well. But as you say, on the kinds of questions that women get asked by VCs, uh, traditionally male VCs, and uh, men get asked, 
and you know yeah. men's are the, the, the there's more of a promotion focus is the, the language in this research around for for men uh, like what are you doing to grow your business how are you going to meet this demand you know and, yeah. and and it's very much forward looking and talk to us about your future success and what you're going to do to seize it and for women it's much more prevention focused you know have you considered this risk what are you going to have to do about this risk what if you have this problem uh, you know, it, right, it, it, and it's, it creates a very different kind of conversation. Yeah, I, no, it's it's fascinating. That's why, you know, we're in this unique, special place that's actually really interesting to larger investors and, and larger funds because we're going to take that first risk, right? We're going to make that first investment. We're going to work with mentor, coach, that bear hug, right, and that tough love um, that a larger fund couldn't do, right? Like, I can have that kind of tough conversation with an entrepreneur, um, and from that, they can grow, they can blossom, to your point, right, and get over those hurdles that would have come if they had gone to the VC guys first, and then we can do a nice warm handoff, right? And then they can go and do their series B and C and, and such, but that first foot in the door gets wrapped up in all those things you talked about. Right, right. Yeah. And we were having a conversation in class yesterday in my social impact uh, course, really thought-provoking with the, the, the speaker there who talked about, you know, essentially tacit condescension that goes on, uh, you know, in, in often, and you know, he had really provocative ideas about tacit con condescension around helping people. You know, they need, they need help. They need rudimentary help. And so on, and wait, and I'm okay. And you're I, using and, big words now, Nick. And I, well, what I'm struck <laughs> oh. by is there's, there's, there's. You're not, just, you're not like you're, you're saying the tough love piece is like, nah. You know, I, you're, you may be a woman of color. I have great expectations of you, and I'm going to hold you to a high standard. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh, poor you. You know, there's nothing in your model that that rings of, oh, poor you. Let me help. It's, you know, oh, amazing you, and you better have your act together, and you better, and you know, and we're ready to invest in you yeah. if you can, you know, show us the goods, and you, you know, you damn well can and should. Absolutely. And l listen, this population doesn't have a lot of exits. There hasn't been a lot of investments, right? There's probably been a little under 30 women of color that have even raised more than a million dollars in outside funding, right? So there's so many firsts that we still have to conquer in this space that a we don't have the luxury of failure we don't have the luxury of average right so the outcomes the performance that we have to deliver back to our investors and to the world right like we need these women to succeed we need them to succeed so that those jobs that they create don't go away um, all of that is just that much more intensified for for the work that we do and what i love is that social impact and impact investing allows us to still have that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't have to leave that at the door and be like, oh, because we're talking about a minority community, oh, because they also are creating jobs and stabilizing neighborhoods that we leave the expectations, the performance, you know, um, outside the door. Like we bring all of that in with us. Right. So, Gail, we should, um, you know, I, it's still early stage for for your work in this this space. How long, you know, when did the light bulb go off that this was where you wanted to focus your talents at this, you know, at this time in your career? Um, you know, how long ago was that? And then, and then, and then, I'll, then I'll have a follow-up question about where you're going. Yeah, um, I was diagnosed with cancer a couple of years ago in my eye, um, and I survived it, but I had an operation, and the doctors at the time said 
you know, we're going to go in, we're going to see how much cancer is back there. We don't really know. And I just remember thinking, I'm either going to die as a result of this or I'm going to go blind. But mm. my world's going to be different. And if I get a second chance, what do I want to do? How do I want to live my life? What is my purpose? And I was having a conversation with an entrepreneur and she just stuck in my mind. And I remember thinking, if I get the chance, I, when I leave the hospital, I want to I wanna work with her. So that was a pivotal moment yeah. for me. Um, and then I would, I would add to that, I can't take credit for the, you have all the tools you need. Someone said that to me, and I've been saying it to myself probably every week since. Ah, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a. Uh, we, we often will ask people. Uh, I'll, I'll take the words out of your mouth. We'll sometimes ask our our you know, our guest to give words of advice, and uh, I think that might be one. You know, remember you have all the tools that you need. Yeah, I yeah. think that, and I just remember thinking. I can't imagine what the world would look like if we didn't solve this problem right? and support this population. Right. Like how many amazing products, cancers, you know, cures could be addressed. And so I thought we have to do something. Right. I have to say, I, re- I was reading last night on the 50th anniversary of, um, of Martin Luther King's assassination. There was an, a, a very thought-provoking article that basically said, you know, would, how would Martha, Martin Luther King look at the progress that's been made in the 50 years yeah. since, his, his, since his death? And, you know, there, there are many facets he'd be looking at and we're concerned about it, including, you know, to what extent are we supporting entrepreneurs of, of, of color? Yeah. And so, this we can do, right? Everyone's got a dollar or a quarter in their pocket. Yeah. And they can be intentional about how they use that. Yeah. It's... it's uh, it's just such a useful reminder because I think, um, you know, it's just so easy to forget. Yeah. It's so easy like uh, to, to, to not, you know, I, I have to say, even as, as uh, enlightened as I think I am, my kids will catch me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we can be uh, encouraged by, by future generations. So uh, Intent Manifesto is off and running. Talk to us about your, you know, your your uh, and your goals for a, a, you know, a year from now. Just uh, a year from now, two years from now. Where where are you going to be? Where do you hope you're going to be? Yeah. And we we won't hold you to it exactly because <laughs> we understand that you're still learning and figuring this out. Yes. Um, my first goal is I want a million people to sign the pledge. Awesome. It's the easiest thing. If you do nothing else, intentmanifesto.com. The minute you open the page, there's a little form you fill out, and it says you stand with us. You support women. Nick and I, would, I, Nick and I commit. We are about to go look at the, make sure we read the pledge and and sign right up. It's 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 lovely. I, I think you'll really like it. Um, so a million people to pledge with us. Why is that important? Because we need the world to know that others in the world care about this. Yeah. Right. It doesn't require any dollars. It just says that the world cares about women, and we want to be able to say that with confidence. That's my first goal. And then my second goal is I want to make sure that we're getting capital into the hands of women entrepreneurs. So my pivot is going to be starting on the fund and connecting with investors who are looking to be a part of this. I believe we have the platform that's going to do it. And so it's having that conversation, having that invitation and inviting them to join us on this platform so that a year from now we can come back here to you guys with some of these women 
and they can tell their story and tell you what they did with the money and how they grew their companies. That's fabulous. And uh, parting question, we've, yeah. we've talked about, uh, you know, sort of advice to consumers, advice to the public uh, about opportunities to invest and to be intentional. Uh, uh, you know, advice, encouragement for uh, women of color and men of color starting businesses, advice to, and maybe others starting businesses as well, given your deep exploration of this in, in recent years, what do they need to hear and remember? Two, two things come to mind. One is ask for help and make the ask. And the second is stay focused. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Great advice. I love asking these. They like, I love asking our guests for advice because I get the advice and I get to like, right. Yeah, that's important. So that should be our mantra for everyone today. Stay focused. So Stay focused and, and ask, for, ask help. for help. So you probably have the tools within you. If you don't, you can ask for help. Yeah. And you need to stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good advice. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.